episode 164 of the new game podcast i'm your host as always i am tyler and joining me we have justin what's up bro hello yes. everything is up yes. everything's wonderful it's good so far yes so far uh and then also joining us we have gables aka the jack park <laughs> hey i'm here <laughs> let's get this show on the road yes so those of you who don't remember or may not may not listen to last week's episode go back and listen to that one it's very Just... important we are doing the top 30 games of all time uh, for us individually. Uh, this is part two last week on episode 163. Uh, it's been a week for you guys. It's been like 20 minutes for us. Uh, we did our 30 through 21. This week we're going to do 20 through 11. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right into it because uh, we have a ways to go. Uh, I'll start off like we did last time with number 20. It is 2003's Tales of Symphonia. Uh, <laughs> wow! Yeah. Okay. Um, so, talk about it. I'm, Justin probably already knew this is gonna be on my list. Um, fucking, this is a goddamn good JRPG. This is the first one I actually played that was not turn based. It was the like, kind of like a Rogue Galaxy was. Yeah, it was an action one where it was like you and two other teammates, and it was actually like a kind of almost like I played like a hack and slash kind of way, um, but it was just. Always moving, always going. I, like this is so crazy. It was so tense that I like a tense. I, never, I haven't felt like really at that point in any other game. Where it's just like constant like healing on the fly, um, using your special attacks, all that stuff was crazy. And, like the cooldowns on using items and uh, special abilities. It's just it made the game really cool, and it was it took me a long time to actually like get good at that game. I remember the first time I beat it. I beat this game three or four times. Um, it took me almost eight. It took me. I think about 80 hours. And that's not what... I didn't oh, even wow. do a lot of side stuff. Like, Holy shit, just, dude. Yeah, th- this game was <laughs> super long. I remember actually at one point, I got like halfway through the game, and I, I don't... I, I couldn't remember what I did, but I didn't like something I did. I was like 30 hours in. I just stopped. And I, I cleared it, and I started all over again. Oh, oh my God. And, yeah. And I beat this, and I, like I said, I beat this game multiple times. Uh, oh, I, I would never do that kid. now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and I, I would never do that nowadays. Like, this game is... I'm like, I beat oh, the first yeah. two levels on. I'm like... I don't like what I do with my character. I should probably start over. I'm like, nah, fuck that. I put two hours in this goddamn game. I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. I wouldn't do that nowadays. You know, like I would a game. lot more to lose. Yeah. Uh, time is more valuable now than it was when you're fucking 13, 14 years old. Um, <laughs> yeah, this game was fucking brilliant. The only downside was is they finally made a sequel to it. The only Tales game they ever made, they made a sequel to, they made it for the Wii and it sucked balls. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very bad. Um, when Nintendo, when Nintendo Power gives a, a exclusive game a bad, a bad review, you know it's a bad goddamn game. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, that is my number uh, twenty. Awesome. Moving on to uh, Juzzy. My number twenty is, in my opinion, the greatest game in this franchise, Doom sixty four. Oh, what the fuck mm. is wrong with you? This is <laughs> awesome. It's like everything from the first one, but like in terms of moving. And stuff like that, mm-hmm. and the aiming. 
just this one's so much cooler than me. It, it does not have the awesome middle music, but it has, which goes really well with the the way the game looks and the lighting. It has a very dark, more ambient sounds. Um, it, it looks better than the, of course, in the the originals. It's got it's actually an updated uh, engine of the original too. Yeah, it's more three D, and uh, just it's got puzzles in it kind of it's got like simple really simple puzzles yeah but they're pretty cool there's a lot of cool stuff going on each level is longer uh, than the first original two uh, games as levels um, man just just the way I love the guns too the most in this game like they have some uh, similar guns but the way they look uh, the way they shoot like the super shotgun is sick the chainsaw is a double chainsaw it looks crazy when I started to think about that, I was like, actual application in real life, it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> uh, if you were trying to cut down a tree with it, because it doesn't make sense. Really like it. <laughs> but it's just, just for killing things, though. It's, it has UAC on it, so you know it's not made for cutting down trees. And uh, it just uh, it has a lot of the same enemies, but uh, there's ones that they change up and introduce new things, like uh, the imps. There's these ones like kind of like, I think, bluish and like see-through kind of. And they're they're harder, but they're they're cool. And there's like, of course, there's in, in, invisible creatures. I think, I think that was in the original two as well. Yeah, I it was. Don't remember. Was there invisible yep. ones in that one? Okay. Um, this game legitimately scares the shit out of me. <laughs> like uh, those big, uh, they have horns in their head. Some shoot green. I think some shoot red. Red ones are harder. And uh, those things, when you first hear them cry out for you, like. Like I can't do the voice, but it's, it's fucking scary. Yeah, and uh, I think someone said like as camels, a lot of the noises are from camels, like real life recordings of camels. Yeah, that's right. I remember, I remember and, about uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, like, this game is just awesome. It's my favorite Doom for sure. I love it. Hmm. I actually mm. played it a couple weeks ago. My brothers made a lot of fun. Real quick, I would recommend uh, Giant Bomb, Brad Shoemaker. Uh, did a re- uh, recording, actually recording the, like the live thing a few years back, of him p- going through that entire game. Oh wow! Um, it's actually I've seen bits oh and pieces God. of it. That it's actually take a while. It's really fun to watch. That's um, cool. Yeah, I would check it out. It's, it's a cool video. Might, I think it's on YouTube somewhere. Oh yeah, and you get passwords. So oh yeah, games do that, but like, I, it's really cool. I remember you used to have a notebook or a piece I, paper. I have another one already started. Oh nice! I'm like on level eight or nine. Nice, wow. Uh, but you like your mom threw the. Oh, your passwords away, man. and you I were so fucking pissed. Like, oh, dude! I, I've seen <laughs> like my life force in the summertime. I've always oh, seen wow. Justin legitimately like really angry, half dozen times in like the twenty plus years I've known him. This is one of them. Uh, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. I probably try to block it out. I'm not like that. It's like where the fuck is it? You had, like you had, a, I think you had like it in a shoebox with the games or something like that. And you must have oh, left it out. She dug for it. Like ripped it up, yeah. Or threw it away because I was trash. Yeah, it's not trash. It's my life. Anything with like le- letters and numbers, and there's 16 of them over and over again. That's probably not trash. But yeah, <laughs> she just grabbing shit. But, yeah, that was a clean freak. So. Doom 64, <laughs> awesome game. Uh, all right, well, moving on to uh, Jack Gables, number 20, bro. Banjo Kazooie. Ooh. Oh, I thought honestly, this would be a top five or ten game for you. Oh, yeah, you would think that, right? But, uh, well, here's the thing, though. Banjo-Kazooie, 
I remember playing this game back when I uh, was renting like video games and stuff. And uh, towards the late '90s, you know, it was just one of those games where Banjo Kazooie just kind of caught me by surprise. I mean, hell, I played through Super Mario 64 a couple dozen times, you know. But Banjo Kazooie, in my honest opinion, it just felt like the better version of Super Mario 64 because the level designs were better. You get to collect multiple, like, little jiggies and stuff through each world and stuff without having to go back into the overworld, like how Super Mario 64 had that issue. But, oh man, the little the characters and stuff like that, the animals and, like, the various other shit that you get yourself into while playing through the game. I've completed this game twice in my lifetime, and I have to say, I enjoyed every single time that I go back and play it, like... You can go to Mumbo Jumbo's little little skull hut or something like that, transform into a termite, and then climb a fucking mountain and like uh, go forth and collect a little jigsaw piece up on the top. You know, you can go forth and uh, turn into a pumpkin inside that Halloween themed world and stuff, and like squeeze inside the freaking like uh, water gutters and stuff like that to find a secret like hidden jigsaw piece, like like floating around somewhere. You just break down windows and stuff like that. You can actually go forth in one of the fucking toilets inside that game and just get flushed down as a pumpkin and stuff like that. There's like just shit everywhere <laughs> inside of a kid's game, you know? It's just funny. And then obviously you have to tell this, like, oh man, I can't believe you went down there. <laughs> you know? And the whole thing about the Gratilla of the Witch, you know, it's it's just hilarious, the whole type of dialogue back and forth and stuff. She speaks in, like, rhymes and stuff, and she's awfully sarcastic, too. But I have to admit, man, it's like, it's just the whole, it's just the whole atmosphere of just playing Banjo-Kazooie from start to finish and stuff. You know what you're getting yourself into. The whole music and stuff like that by, I think it was, like, either David Wise or something like that. I think it, no, it's Grant Kirkhope. It's the other one. It's yeah. Grant Kirkhope that composed that and stuff like that. And yep. it really fits the world of it. Whenever you go to, like, say, like a water world, it has that sort of, like, ambient sort of, uh, <laughs> like, Mexican, not Mexican, but, like, Jamaican. <laughs> I don't know why the hell I thought Mexican. Jamaican theme, like, uh, drum <laughs> solos and stuff like that. Dun, 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 you know, just, it just feels natural for each stage, you know, the music, everything. So yeah, that's my number 20, Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Um, going on number 19 with me, uh, 2004's WWE Day of Reckoning. Day of Reckoning. Uh, day of yeah. the Reckoning. Uh, day of Reckoning, Day of the... I don't remember if it's Day of the... Or uh, just of. Um, so this is probably the last good wrestling game I think I've, I think that they've made, that's been made. Um, and there was a bad stretch in between like No Mercy and like when they tried to adapt it and they tried making it... Um, they tried a weird spot between like arcadey and simulations, and they've kind of got more simulation nowadays. Um, they try to make it more like a Madden than it would like an NFL Street or something would be. Yeah. Um, but I remember this is like the first one that really had like an actual like whole long story, can't like, like actual like story mode in it. And there was back when there was like the, there were split brands with Raw and SmackDown, and there was two stories. They're basically the same story, but they use different characters for each, whatever brand you went through, uh, either Raw or SmackDown. Uh, but I, I just remember I. I probably beat this game more than any other game I've ever beat. Like, any other wow. game uh, ever. Um, wow. I could probably, I, I would say, easily a dozen times. Nice. I played through this game. It's going back and forth between Raw and SmackDown. And there was a sequel, and it was more the same, and it was still really good. But I put, kind of like with, Doom, with you with Doom, I put I put with Doom 1 and 2. This one, it's the first one. 
And the second one was great. It was updated roster, all that. But no, this was awesome. It was just fun. Uh, like you, like you talking about No Mercy. It was a very basic game. Yeah. But what I love most about it was just that story mode to it, and also the creator mode. Creator, creation mode was really cool in that game too. Creating your own entrance and shit like that. I remember uh, doing Undertaker's theme. And I rode the bike down to the uh, to the to the to the ring and everything. Rode around the ring. That was really cool to do. Um, yeah. Fucking awesome. awesome wrestling game. I wish we got more like it. Um, don't see that happening. But uh, that is my number uh, 19. So Awesome. My number 19 is Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Oh, there you go. Um, the way this game starts off. Tyler had this on uh, the last list. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way this game starts off, I love it. Like, you're, you get, like, I think it's your uncle. Gives you a sword. Yep. yep. He's dying, like, down in the under. You see him in the sewers. Yep. And uh, it, it's a very... It's like, to me, it's the first cinematic uh, Zelda game. It's got, like, raining. It's got a little little types of cutscenes. Uh, it's it is really cool. It kind of paved the way structurally for basically every major 3D Zelda game until now. Like, up to now. Yeah. Like, the, the way, uh, you know, temples are, and it's all connected to a story like you can pretty much only go one way like it's uh, at least in terms of uh, beating temples like it's always been open besides that pretty much for the most part anyways but yeah. uh, this I just love this game like you said like uh, how much it changes uh, the dark world and I believe that happened in the original Zelda too I believe after you beat it there's a whole another another eight dungeons yeah. to do I believe it's like, the same dungeons but they're just harder Oh, is that all? This I think is, they're a, just harder. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a Dark World thing. Uh, it's kind of like the Master's Quest or something. But, uh, yeah, just just love this game. Uh, I think it's... Is it not the first one that has a Master Sword as well on the pedestal? Yeah, it's the first one. Um, I think, Link, in Lost I think Woods. Zelda 2 might have had it. Oh, really? That could be wrong. Yeah, you might be right. I've gotten... I haven't been thinking yet, so... Maybe you're right. Um, yeah, just... I love this game. Link to the Past. I think the first time I played it was... I don't know why I want to say this, but I think it was at your house, Tyler. Could have been. you said you didn't have it or something. I had it, but I was just... At that point, I was too young to actually, like... Okay. Grasp what I was doing. I remember... I remember, like, getting the Master Sword and all that shit, but I don't, like... I never really got deep into that until I played on my Game Boy Advance. Cool. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, number 19. Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Very cool. All right. Uh, Gables. Final Fantasy IV Advance. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Well, this is my first RPG, more or less. So, Final Fantasy IV, in a nutshell, for people who are uninformed, was known as Final Fantasy II for the Super Nintendo, but the version that I'm going for here is the one that was released in the Game Boy Advance way back around 2004 2005. And I love... A lot about Final Fantasy IV, but the most notable is the in-depth story between, like, uh, you know, the conflicts and stuff like that, where you are Cecil, you're going forth, and you have to try to, like, save the entire, like, kingdom and stuff of, like, uh, Baron, plus other, like, pretty much the world and stuff from uh, Golbez and all the other type of, like, enemies and stuff that you meet throughout the games and stuff like that. I'm going to be starting to sound like a broken record when I say, like, the, the music is absolutely fantastic and stuff like that. I mean, hell. Hey, it's important, man. Nobuo Yamatsu. That dude makes some excellent 
excellent soundtracks and stuff. But for Final Fantasy IV, it is cranked up to a specific level, you know, a different level than, say, how you would listen to someone like Grant Kirkhope or even like David Wise or something when they do their own type of elements and stuff. It's more like an epicness sort of scale raises up when Yamatsu just goes forth and composes something. But for Final Fantasy IV, the story is great. The gameplay, the turn-based RPG stuff, hey, it was pretty much innovative in its time. The active time battle system, or something like that, as it's called, where you have to wait for a meter in order for uh, to fill up in order for you to attack or use a spell or this and that. Man, <laughs> oh man, there's been some times when I tried playing that game and stuff. There are boss battles, especially where it just so sometimes it's gonna be so excruciating. Come on, move already, move already. I, I'm almost an inch before death, and getting off that move to defeat the boss. It's just exhilarating when you go forth, you play, and you beat a hard boss. Like a fucking, like, a demon wall where you had to throw weapons at, you know, in order to beat it. Or you have to go through and you have to beat this, uh, this big old squid monster and stuff. And you have to use, like, electric attacks against it or else it's going to completely obliterate your party. Or even, like, oh, man. I'm not too sure whether if you guys have played this or not, but... I, I jumped out on, on, after Final Fantasy 2. I have never played a Final Fantasy game. Well, hell... But, uh, <laughs> good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, good because, uh, I may spoil things, but I'm not too sure if you guys will care or not. You're but, right. But, uh, there's a certain spot in Final Fantasy 2 and, like, Final Fantasy 4 and stuff like that where you are gonna, you're going to the moon and stuff like that. You're beating all these, like, these monsters that are on the fucking moon and stuff like that. And you meet That's up against, cool. you meet up with a sage who's called Fusoya or something like that, which is, this mage or something that you meet, it's just epically, like, just, like throwing forth all these powerful, like, uh, spell attacks. He joins your party, he does this and that, you know. It is easily, like, one of my favorite role-playing games, and it's also one of the hardest for me to go back to, because, hell, it just takes a certain type of mindset in order for me to go back and play an RPG that's that long. <laughs> and I've done it, like, twice. The, the Game Boy Advance version and the harder version that's on the DS, which is supposed to be scoped after, like, the initial Japanese release. And, oh my god, I have nightmares about that game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's my number 19 now we're at here. Cool. Final yes. Fantasy IV Advance. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so, number 18, uh, like Justin with Dead Space 2, this was my hardest one to place. Uh, there was this moment when I, there was moments where I was, like, it was just barely made on my list there's moments where it was in my top 10 it was just this one like it's just so many different emotions with this game it's, it's a obviously one, a great game number 18 uh, for me is 2008's Braid Braid um, wow maybe in kind of like what you said with, with music probably some of the best music um, and different music that I've ever heard with a, I think it's a violin it's very a lot fiddly of and yeah um, it's definitely a great and it was just Definitely great music in this game, uh, and some of the most probably the most interesting gameplay mechanic I've ever experienced. With no wait, the whole time like you know messing with time, going revert like going back in time, reverse, and then manipulating the world around it. Like it's like some enemies or some items or enemies or whatever don't like follow the same rules of yeah. time as you, and just figuring out some of the hardest puzzles. I think I'm probably the hardest puzzle game I've ever played. Um, Very impressive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but like, just the whole story when you get deep into it, it's about a guy has 
his life has fallen apart. It's about like uh, he lost his princess due to a mistake he made, and it's literally him putting the puzzle pieces of his life back together. And that's the game: finding puzzle pieces in each world and you know putting the putting the puzzle together. Mm-hmm. And then like this whole thing is about him getting back his princess. And there's a lot of stories. What does the princess mean? Does it mean like they talk about the atomic bombs? They talk about like actual literal like love of his life kind of thing. And then getting into the last level, and you're playing it, and it's like uh, it starts off with like there's this knight, and like she escapes from the knight, and uh, you're like you're on the bottom part of it, and she's on the top, oh, and you're like yeah. you're, she's pulling the switches and helping you get to uh, get to her and like help uh, help you along the path, like opening up doors and getting you know danger out of the way. And I want to find out that you played you played the game you played that a little backwards. And you're actually this whole time this you were, she was taking the talk about in the game like this monster she was taken away by a monster to find out you're the monster and when you play the yeah. game when you play the level back but this time forward uh, the right way it's actually her creating these doors and putting these putting you in harm's way trying to get away from you and at the end she jumps into what is the, a knight in shining armor uh, her knight in shining armor uh, and escaping away just fucking um, a mind fuck of perspective yes. Uh, which you know, someone like this, what they could see things as is yeah. different than what it really is. Like, very fucking cool, dude. Actually, now that you're saying that, like, yeah, uh, remind me of a lot of awesome things about that game. Yeah, I would. I I kind of hope this gets like brought up to like re, like it, just put on the fucking Why, first like the store everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I would love. I mean, I know it, it's probably readily available. I could probably it's probably backwards compatible with the Xbox, um, and I probably could play it again. I think probably. it is actually. Maybe. Um, and I own it on the 360, but I just love it if they remade it for the new consoles. You only thought to pay 15 bucks for this game again. Oh, yeah. uh, brilliant game. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking fantastic. Brilliant. Uh, but that is my number 18. Awesome. My number 18 is Star Fox for the Super Nintendo. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's the first flying game like this I think I ever played, I'm pretty sure. It has a very arcade feel to it. Uh... I think it, it, oh yeah, it uses the is it FX? Yeah, FX chip. Chip. It's yep. like kind of renders the screen like a 3D plane, and uh, not like airplane, but yeah, like the like a plane. <laughs> <laughs> if I already know that, uh, <laughs> it's just this game is my favorite Star Fox game. Um, I love the simplicity of the bosses, and I actually love the 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 shapes. It's just it's all you know geometric uh the simple shapes like cooked together yeah and like it's super easy to tell where you need to shoot the boss it's like usually flashing lights yeah it's like hey it's shoot like, here dummy yeah yeah and it's it's and it's really fun and in in this game i think uses everything you can do with the the r wing i believe it's called uh yeah in a great way like you can like fly sideways uh you can get uh power ups they actually feel very meaningful. Like you get a double laser. And I think they even change color. Like they're like really powerful, and uh, you can get I can't remember what it's called, but you go like almost invisible. That's really cool. <laughs> and uh, it's like you kind of see like the uh, outline animation of it, like frame the frame of the R wing when you're flying around, and uh, th- like all the little I don't know. I think it's supposed to be like General Pepper or no. Pepper's the rabbit. General somebody. And he's wearing like sunglasses, like shades, almost like a bloodhound. Yeah, and, like, it's he's General always, Pepper. He's always, okay, he's always talking. 
and his voice in that game is one of the most nostalgic things I can think of. Like, yep. little things like good luck and like stuff like that. And like, uh, good wings. Luck. Yeah, they're a good job. He does like wing damage and uh, just all these little things that can. Oh, and the, the sound effects when you hit stuff. Man, it feels like you're about to fucking explode. <laughs> it feels like something horrible just happened to the ship. Yeah. And like your little, like one of your wings will get shorter on the one side. And like it'll, it'll make this crazy freaking screeching like someone just shook a robot noise. Like it sounds cool. Like I've never heard a noise like that. And uh, just, yeah. I love the end boss. He's pretty wicked and fun. Uh, this, I love this game. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> All right, Mr. Gables, your number seven, uh, 18. Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Okay. This is my favorite Metal Gear Solid game of the entire series. And the reason why is because the epic boss battles inside of it. Now, come to mind and stuff like that, that the game is known for stealth action, this and that. It's not known for, like, like hand-to-hand combat, pretty much, but... The thing about Metal Gear Solid 3, I remember so vividly back when I first rented the game for the PS2. I had this in Resident Evil 4, and I spent until 6 a.m., I started at midnight, spent 6 a.m. playing Metal Gear Solid 3 on my PS2, and I enjoyed every single minute of it, going forth, getting camouflaged, facing off against, like, uh, the pain and the fear and stuff like that. You know, those boss battles were fun. But then going through the entirety, the rest of the game and stuff, like battling off against like uh, the sorrow, and then like even like the end. The end is one of my favorite boss battles because it's you against an old guy, an old sniper guy, and the only way you can try to find this guy in order to take him out is by either noticing the reflection off of his bald head or by using a little sound device and stuff to hear his rustling or some of him traveling through the forest. Because yeah, there's detail right there. Or you can, um, oh, yeah. if you weren't, you can, uh, if you weren't connected to the internet on the PS2 or um, Xbox, you can move the the uh, in the built-in calendar on the system, move it up one week, oh, and he yeah. would die of old age. Yeah, he would. I heard about that. That's so cool. Or um, actually, you can kill him in the beginning of the game too. Uh, he's there's in a wheelchair. Actual, yeah, there's an actual oh, boss that, bar during a cutscene. He's yeah. no, no. This is after well, cutscene. Right cut they oh, leave the like end, seconds. like oh, right wow. sleeping inside of his wheelchair, right? But <laughs> he acts sort of like a photosynthesis sort of like person where he's only awake for a specific number of times of the day. It's <laughs> kind of crazy as shit, right? That is. But you can actually kill him when he's asleep in his wheelchair and stuff like that. Obviously, I didn't do it because I wanted to enjoy that boss battle against him. And holy shit! It is one of my favorite boss battles, obviously. But the whole end things where you're facing off against the boss and all the tenseness and the moments and doing all this shit. You know, you've gone through so much shit. You've been interrogated. You've lost an eye. You've done this and that, man. It was fucking fantastic when I did go off and beat Colonel Volgan and stuff like that. And just, oh, man. Yeah, that's my number 18 right there, man. That's definitely one series I wish I would have played on when they were coming out. Dude, you definitely would have enjoyed them. <laughs> I love the fifth one. So. Yeah. Uh, obviously my favorite franchise, so. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess uh, what's up to me? it's on me now. Uh, number 17. <laughs> uh, so, my number 17. I think this is actually my first game from that, like, I guess Braid was, but like last generation of games. First one to talk about. Um, definitely a full-fledged game. Um, it is the original Bioshock. Uh, okay. 
this is one that I've talked this I said the whole story when I got like my Xbox 360 and stuff this game came out shortly after this and this was like the f legit first great game um, of that generation I think and just like the art like probably at that point in time the best looking game I've ever seen um, and I think it's still uh, even a few years after that one of the best looking games of that generation uh, maybe even one of the best you know, of the whole the whole generation um but I just remember like playing this game like finding the little sisters and this is crazy fucking I'm exploring more about the world uh probably one of the coolest environments ever in a game I, I would say I, I can I feel comfortable saying that just being in this underworld underground or underwater uh world and like just find out what the fuck happened to all these people why they went crazy uh the fights with the big daddies like oh. walking to a room and seeing them walking around and you're like Oh fuck! And you leave the room. You got like you get all prepared. Like you're setting traps. You're getting prepared. And you're just like, all right. Like it felt like like it was a big big. It had a big fight feel, um, going in there and just like, it, I think there's like ten in the game, but every single fight felt uh, different. And every time you beat them, felt you felt really good. Um, oh, yeah. And then like trying to decide if you wanted to like kill the little sister and like take all her abilities, or like um, save her and just take a little bit. Um, it was always fun to do, and just the multiple endings. Uh, and then the, uh, the obvious... Oh, I'm sorry. Bless you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're right. Uh, but then, like, the whole um, the plot twist, like, the with the, the would you kindly and all that, um, that was fucking cool. Um, I can't wait. I'm playing... I'm getting the collection in a couple months, uh, and I'm really excited to play through these games again, especially the second one, because I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, man. I'm interested to see what, if that, what, what about That's that one. That's the only one I've played, and I, I love that game. Yeah. Um, the yeah, um, no, that's yeah number uh, seventeen for me. Great game. Awesome. Oh, number seventeen for me is Resident Evil Four. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, when this game came out on the GameCube, oh yeah, uh, like I was so into this game. I remember a lot of people being into this game. Like uh, even if you weren't a Resident Evil fan. Oh yeah. Like it was uh, as a first third person over the, over the shoulder shooting game I ever played. Um. Crouching behind stuff, like just this game, like in all, like the way it started, like Leon Kennedy is in the, in the car mm -hmm. at the first like cutscene thing where they're driving, you know, and that's my that, that is my personal favorite character from Resident Evil. He's from the second one, and uh, he's finally back. And this, oh man, I just everything about this game I absolutely loved, and I actually I went back and played it. I think three or four years ago and I still thought it was a fantastic game I played it on the Wii with the Wii uh, oh yeah you can yeah, yeah. point around and stuff and shoot I actually really enjoyed that um just just a way like it kind of adapted to being something different than the first three I'd say first three or four um instead of like you know the camera angle controls and the pre-rendered like backgrounds like uh, really detailed looking backgrounds it's, it's all you know you can turn around in any direction uh, three dimensional of course um, just I'm trying to think of like there's things that had chapters I think didn't it this game yeah I don't think the other ones ever had chapters like, yeah, at that point, yeah, this was the first one I think they have chapters. Yeah, like actual chapters anyway. So besides, like, oh, it's time to change the disc. Because you know? at the end, like, you would show you like your, like your, your, like your accuracy and give you yeah. some more stuff. Yeah. 
uh, that was really uh, interesting new thing with it. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff going, a lot of new enemies. Uh, whole hell, the, like the main enemies were different. Las Plagos, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. um, just, I don't know, like there's so many things I could talk about, like why I love this game, but it is it is my number 17, Resident Evil 4. Very cool. Uh, Gables, 17. Castlevania, Aria of Sorrow. Oh, the entire... What's that? Is that the, sorry, is that the DS game? No, actually, it's the uh, Game Boy Advance game. Oh, okay. It's okay. the best one of the trilogy of Castlevania games on the Game Boy Advance, and for good reason, too. Think about it... I think I've explained this gameplay like before on this podcast. I'm not sure, but it's... It's basically... The elements inside Castlevania Aria of Sorrow is you're collecting demon souls and gaining new abilities as you're going through, progressing through the castle. So it's structured like, say, Symphony of the Night, but in its own twisted gimmick and stuff like that, if you defeat certain monsters, you can earn their souls, and you can actually use them in terms of, like, using them against, like, bosses and all that other stuff. So say if you destroy a bat, you gain the soul of a bat, which allows you to, like, do a specific ability. Or if you, like, beat one of the bosses, which is, like, a headhunter and stuff, you can actually gain certain stat increases and stuff like that by equipping a soul onto, like, one of three slots that you have. The game was really in-depth and stuff like that, and really addicting, too. I got so engrossed inside this game, it was literally the first game, Game Boy Advance-wise, where I played through it, I think about, God, four or five different times in the span of a year, because I was really hooked inside the element, okay, I want to collect the souls, I want to restart from scratch and stuff, because it had a game plus. Which I kept all the souls, and I kept my levels and stuff like that, and I went through, I maxed out my character and stuff, and uh, I can remember a lot of the bosses, like yesterday, you know? Like, the first boss you face is like a creaking skull, which is, is a gigantic half of a skeleton, where it's just gonna be clubbing you and stuff, and you had to go forth and not only dodge the club, but somehow try to beat it and all this other stuff. And for a game that was structured in the Game Boy Advance, the pixel art was fantastic. It looks very vivid. It's actually available on the Wii U's virtual console as well. Because, hell, this game needs to be played. It's one of the most underrated in terms of, like, uh, Game Boy Advance games, in my honest opinion. And, uh, yeah, that's my, like, uh, that's my number 17 right there, Castlevania, awesome. Aria of Sorrow. Very nice. Uh, moving on to number 16, um, my number 16 is uh, the original Dead Space 1 from 2008. Um, <laughs> I thought about, you know, should, because Dead Space 2, uh, I had that argument I had, and uh, we talked about this in the in our chat over the last few weeks when we are discussing putting our list together, about, like, a lot of individual battles you're having with these games, mm -hmm. um, and I had a, a long one with, with 1 and 2, Dead Space 1 and 2, and I put 1 on here, not 2. A big reason why is the the last section of Dead Space Two I didn't like, where you're constantly fighting that like the last the couple hours. Thing. Yeah, he keeps he keeps regenerating and follow, he follows you the last couple hours, and oh, yeah. then like, I just didn't like the last battle. I thought the, the last boss fight was kind of meh. The, the last boss battle in Dead Space One is pretty bad too. There really wasn't one. <laughs> um, but uh, no, Dead Space One I think is and I think a lot of it has to do like we said earlier with. Um, with like with Doom and um, what I said earlier about um, Bioshock, uh, was that it, it was you can argue that Dead Space Two was better than the first one, but it was this was the first one and it was 
and at a time where like I don't really feel like a lot of games surprise me anymore is like as far as like like I didn't see that coming or whatever. This one that was this is one of the biggest surprises. Like I didn't know anything about this game. Mm-hmm. Like this is an EA game. Like it just kind of came out. And I remember going up to the we had a uh, movie store uh, a few blocks from me, and I remember going there and I just started seeing it. And I'm like, oh, this looks kind of cool. I was just kind of looking at the cover and the back of it and read about yep. it. I'm like all right, cool. And read it and fucking uh, this game. This game was a the whole like dismemberment shit like shooting the limbs off oh yeah just the whole strategy of like fighting every enemy was different like just I, I love the saw blade weapon yeah um you can change the angle of it and everything I remember actually going through I think I beat this game a second time and I only used the main weapon and just made that oh, one as powerful free. as I could huh. yep shooter you can go yeah you can vertical, just shoot horizontal. horizontal yep and yeah. just trying to beat that with, with doing it that way I did the same same thing with the third one where I took the original weapon you start off with and just made that super powerful. Yeah, the first one is fantastic. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, um, fucking brilliant game. Uh, the whole the, the end where like you find out like the the girlfriend attacks you at the end. Oh yeah, and she's dead the, the entire time. Thing. Spoiler. That was two. <laughs> is that two? That was two. Okay. Uh, yeah. That ooh, that was cringe worthy. Yeah. Uh, no, this great game. Um, Definitely. It's a shame that they fucked up the third one. And yeah, I really played the third one. Yeah, it was it was okay game, but it's just it's not what you want. It doesn't sound good enough for me. Yeah, I mean as far as, far as the game goes, but it's not it's not so They went they went very much Resident Evil with it, and they tried to make it more of an action game than a. You mean horror. late Resident Evil? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like turning into it was like a really like, turning into. The, if if the Resident Evil four, five, and six are Resident Evil five and six were as were as good as Death Space three, I'd actually still like the Resident Evil series. Um, oh wow! As far as the game goes, because well, that's. Dead Space well, I guess Three is not a, saying much. Dead Space Three is a good game. It's just yeah, it's got it's just not a Dead Space game. Maybe um, someday I'll play it. That's the biggest complaint with it. Uh, I would definitely love <laughs> it if they put did the collection for this. I'd play through those again. Yeah, the heartbeat. Okay. Um, but that is my number sixteen. My number sixteen is Donkey Kong Country Two. Oh, wow. oh there you go. David Wise is in the house making music. <laughs> One of the, the best things, like you already mentioned, about this game, at least for me, is the music, uh, the ambient noises. It, it gameplay wise, it outpaces the first one. Yes, not extremely, but it it does it well enough. Like when you play it, this feels much better. Yeah, it does. Uh, like I don't even want to say much better. It feels better though. Like it's, I've actually played both uh, last couple of days, quite a bit actually. And uh, 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 you said this game was bright and cheery. I always thought this In game was parts, yeah, yeah, certain parts for sure. I always thought it had kind of a dark undertone to it. Especially really? like certain places you go to, yeah. It's actually like uh, nothing in this world is your friend. No, except for like Funky Kong, of course. And, like, <laughs> but like everything, but but I, I do get what you're saying. Like the crocodiles aren't like really scary. They're just they're kind of going back and forth, and the noise you jump on, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess I guess more of I guess more besides of what. Your characters and the the enemies is darker to me, like the backgrounds and like these places here. Like maybe not dark, naturally dark. Not like oh man, this place is haunted or something. But this like uh, just natural. That's I don't know. <laughs> okay. Naturally, naturally dark, naturally bright. I guess. So I guess. Well, especially uh, going like that uh, Halloween themed world, right? You know. Yes, I do not remember <laughs> that right now at the moment. The ghosts and stuff. That one stage, you had to like transfer, so, like hold on to those like ghosts and stuff. Act as ropes, and you got to go through that stage and stuff. <laughs> I do not remember that. Holy crap! 
Dang. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something I wanted to say about this game. <laughs> oh, the rhino's awesome. Yes. I thought he was in the first one, but he's not. Oh, I thought Rambi was, but maybe he is. I know for sure you get the bird thing. The ostrichs. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh espresso, the, the ostrich. That's what yeah. it was. Um, oh, there's a lot of extra things in the second one, too, that are kind of nice. A lot of tokens, a lot of weird, like, like lots of collectibles compared to the first one. Yeah. Like, there's Kong letters in the first one, but, like, there's so much extra things in it. Uh, just, yeah. Donkey Kong Country 2. Fucking still fantastic to me. Well, very cool. Uh, Gables, 16. Castlevania, Rondo of Blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I played through Castlevania Rondo of Blood when it first released on the PSP through Dracula X Chronicles and stuff. When I locked that, I played Rondo of Blood, and I have to admit, having played through the game recently again this year and stuff, it still holds me. I mean, the game is so much filled with action. You can go through, decide like which path you want to go through, so there's alternative paths for you to go replay. If you want to go and save every maiden and stuff like that, including, like the main character's girlfriend, Annette, or whatsoever. You can do that. Each boss battle feels unique in the way where it's like, okay, you're going to be facing off against a werewolf. He's going to be flipping and flopping everywhere and stuff inside of a blue fucking blur. Good luck trying to kill him. Or let's say you want to go like beat the first boss, which is like a wavern or something like that, where it's just swooping down, just using earthquakes and all this other crap and stuff to try to kill you. Or even when you get to the final boss with Dracula, and he's like, you know, he has two forms, you got to use your whip and stuff like that to take out the fireballs and stuff, and he's in this full demonic form or some of the second things. Just those type of epic action moments inside this game, which, you know what, I feel is better than Super Castlevania 4 in that aspect and stuff. It's really memorable for me because the soundtrack's all blaring. It's all like heavy metal-esque and stuff where the opening theme and all the other first stage you go through is like this and that the whole boss theme whenever you're going to face a boss just so like it almost fills you with dread it's like oh man what am I going to face this time oh shit I'm going to be facing off against a priest (laughs) (laughs) you know those type of moments and stuff but yeah that's number 16 for me Castlevania Rondo of Blood very cool Um, moving on number 15 with me Um, this is a repeat uh, I think yeah uh, Gables had it earlier last episode uh, number uh, 2002's Zelda Wind Waker. Um, so, I think this game probably holds up, as far as Zelda game goes, probably the one that holds up the best. A lot of it has to do with the art style. I love that art style. I wish we got that a little more often. They did it with Phantom Hour- Hourglass. I didn't like that one as much. A lot more had to do with the, with the touchscreen um, touch than anything. But, great music. Probably, maybe the, the best music in the series. And, I talked about, like, the... Um, I think the Link to the Past had the overall best boss battles. This one had my favorite, though, of any Zelda game with the um, with Ganon at the end. Oh, gosh. That was an awesome ba- boss battle. And the lead-up to that boss Oh, battle. hell yeah. yeah. The whole last section. Dude, oh, yeah. oh, the Hyrule last stretch. The Remember that yeah. last moment and stuff like oh, that where you've delivered the final coup de grace to like, freaking yeah, Ganon? Yeah, so emotional, man. Dude, that yeah, was so, so fucking dark for game. that type of a game. <laughs> yeah, especially it. with the art style. It felt so kiddy, but then like fucking... Does like this weird like flip and then stabs him in the back of the head. Yeah, it's fucking. I love all the facial animations. Yeah, like when you when you first played. Oh yeah, sorry. This is your thing. You're right. <laughs> just no, just when you, well, the first moment I saw that game at Walmart, 
in a little thing up on the screen, a little demo. I was so impressed. Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Like, when I see Link's eyes move around. Mm -hmm. Like, this game is awesome. You can see, like, his, his shield's kind of flat and stuff. Yeah. That's enough of me. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. I, I, I love like, the actual, like, it showed emotions uh, finally in that series. And just, yeah, I just, I love the boat. I love the whole just sailing the seas. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. I think you, uh, Gabe, talked about already, but the whole getting the, the shards was awful. The Triforce oh, pieces, so yeah. The Triforce pieces, yeah. And then obviously it was so bad that they took it out of the uh, Wii U remake. They yeah, they, they shortened it, it quite a bit. Um, yeah. But no, this is a fucking brilliant game. I remember actually, this game came out and Justin uh, had it pre-ordered. This is the first Zelda game that I was like readily waiting for this game to come out. Yeah. It got like, uh, delayed, I think. Yeah, it's a Nintendo game. It always, yeah. They always get delayed. <laughs> yep. Um, especially Zelda. Especially Zelda, yeah. Oh, no still shit. waiting on Still waiting on Breath of the Wild, like three years now. <laughs> um, but I remember the day it came out, though, you completely forgot it came out. And like... <laughs> You, you, uh, I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? He's probably playing Master's Quest. Probably, yeah, because you got that for pre order the game, you got Master's Quest. Oh, but you yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Like, when are you coming to you? Like, oh, shit. And you ran inside and you went and got your mom. I'm like, mom, Zelda's out. You got, you just, like, left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it came like, right on my birthday, too. I remember that. It's March, yep. Late March. It was, I think it was your birthday present, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that, that was funny. Yeah, that, like, you oh, completely oh. forgot about it. Yeah. You're just like, you just, like, two minutes later, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I remember See actually borrowed from you. Did you? Yeah, uh, that's nice. how I played through it. Um, but that game was great. I love that, especially oh, like yeah. the bird. Like, oh, and yeah. then like the reveal. Um, I remember actually seeing that with a strategy guide, and watching you play the game all the way through, and then like me borrowing it and playing it through as well. Um, and just that's like the awesome. reveal when you find out that uh, was it Teria or whatever is actually Tetra. Tetra, yes. yeah, is actually um, Princess Zelda. Zelda. I always kind of thought she was. It was so cool yeah. when you realized because she always had these weird little looks she gave you. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's fucking Zelda. That was cool. It's like the new, the new chic of these Zelda games. Oh, yeah. That's, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. They brought the same type of philosophy with that, too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, number 15 is uh, Wind Waker. Very awesome. Mm -hmm. Oh, number 15 for me, Super Mario World for Super Whoa. Nintendo. Okay. There's a lot of supers going on around here. Mm. Super. Super. <laughs> super. <laughs> super hot. Uh, super. I've never, this is a confession, I've never, like, beaten this game. Like, completely. I probably have beaten the end boss because my brother got there or something. Uh-huh. Like, I think I beat Bowser. Really? But, uh, <laughs> I've, I always, uh, we talked about, I think, last... Yeah, we, before we recorded we, last week, we, we talked before about Before um, I always get to the Lost Wood, not Lost Woods, it's, it's like... It's, a, you get, forest you get of Illusions. Yeah. Forest of Illusions, thank you. I always get there to the, almost to the end. They're like, there's this one level, and you know you you got to find a secret route, and I can never find the key to get to the secret route. And really? I, I can just look it up. I just never have figured it out on my own, so like I don't want to look it up yet. So I, I might have to go back and try it again. Uh, <laughs> this game, uh, really, like, it just like uh, it added quite a bit actually. Like the, the the slopes for one thing, the slants really change up how you think about Mario games, I thought. I, th I think it's the first one I have slants. Slopes, so you can, like, slide down. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I don't think it was in the third one. No. But uh, I could be wrong on that. Um, and, of course, my probably my favorite thing introduced to this game, besides, like, the cave, the flying cave, 
is uh, Yoshi. Uh, I no Yoshi was in other games before this one, I think. But uh, this this Yoshi being uh, a writable character, and still it felt like Mario. Like even though you're, in, you know, there's different things that come into controlling you being on top of Yoshi. Like differences of like you jump on people's heads, they kind of explode and make that little noise. It feels different than if you jump on your head with Mario, uh, on their head, Mario, not your head, and uh, just and just the cool places and the worlds in this game are, I think, are fantastic. Like the ones that always stick out to me, it's kind of I think later on, like it's kind of cavey levels. Like there's like you can see the rock coming down, it kind of sparkles a little bit, and it's got really cool music. I can't think of the. I almost want to say like Cookie Land or something, but I don't think it's for this. Donut chocolate, Land, Chocolate Land, or Donut Land, maybe. And don't be Donut just, Land. It's really, it's really cool. I love this this game. I used to watch my brother play it all the time too, so that helps. <laughs> Very nostalgic. I still think it's a great game. Uh, that's that's it. Super Mario World. All right. Uh, Gables number uh, fifteen. The Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask. Oh wow! Okay. Majora's Mask, man. When that game came out and stuff like that, I... Gosh. I was in, still in the middle of playing Ocarina of Time, but when it came out, I wanted to go to the store, and I wanted to get the game and stuff like that, because it was another Zelda game. I was actually looking forward to this game really much, too, because I was having such a fun time playing Ocarina of Time and doing this and that. And when I started playing Majora's Mask, I couldn't quite get it the first time because I kept getting lost to that. My parents finally got me a guide because, you know, I kept complaining about it. And so when I finally got around and I played through the entirety of this game, I was impressed. Not only because of the scale of like, the game in and of itself, but because of because of a lot of the different types of level designs throughout the dungeons and stuff. There was like only four dungeons include you know four dungeons at all inside that game mm -hmm. that you travel to the moon you know and then depending upon how many masks and stuff you gave those kids the moon and stuff like that that wearing the masks of like all these bosses and this and that and stuff i can say my first playthrough of majora's mask and which has been the only playthrough i've done of this game has i had every single mask I got every single mask and stuff, including that stupid couple's mask, which spent the whole Ooh. duration of the game in order for you to try to get that one mask. Oh, yeah. It's like the grand papa. Oh, yeah. And the payoff after you get it is just incredible because you get the fierce deity mask, which transforms you into like a super adult Link version of yourself. And when, you're, and when you're facing off against Manjaro's mask and stuff for the final boss going through all his incarnations and going through his wrath and all this other stuff. Man, that boss is fucking disturbing, but you are like a fucking monster when you're <laughs> taking out that shit one at a time and just eliminating him from like, not even like a couple minutes flat, you know? It literally would take you like a minute or two just to beat each of his forms and stuff like that before you just eventually were to beat him. So, you look at a boss, final boss battle with the De Fierce Deities mask, which probably would last you like less than five minutes if uh, you know what you're doing, if you knew what you were doing and stuff. But oh my gosh. Such dark art and undertones. It was just really dark and really serious, which kind of made things more like uh, awesome, in my opinion, which I kind of remember more so for that reason, because it, de it delved into like certain issues of, like say, loss, like say... 
like certain sorrowful things that would happen to the people. Like, oh man, there's just so many great moments inside Majora's Mask. And so many awesome bosses too, like Adaldwa, like Gaunt is sort of like a pain in the ass though. Then you have the Gyrorg, that stupid electric fish or something like that. Going through that whole mechanical, that whole fucking like temple inside of a fucking like, what was it? A giant turtle or something like that? No, a giant turtle transformed you there. Man, now I'm yeah. even getting confused. But, uh, <laughs> oh man. And then that boss against twin, like a uh, twin mold and stuff like that, that giant... Those two giant fucking serpents that you use, that you can only use the giant mask on because it would allow oh, yeah. Link to grow so tall in order to friggin' battle those things. But, uh, holy shit. The number 15 game on my list is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Seriously, track down the game on the 3DS. That's the ideal version. Buy that. Play it. I prefer the 64 one. Oh, I understand. Because, you know, the 64 one's a little bit more, like, it's... You know, it's the original one, but mm-hmm. there's little improvements to the 3DS one. I felt definitely, was especially definitely your first more time. I would recommend as well. But I played through the N64 version because that was just how I rolled back then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very cool, man. Uh, jumping into number 14, mine is uh, actually another repeat off of this list. Uh, it is 2004's Metal Gear Solid 3. Ah, um, yay! And I agree with you. Um, on a lot of different levels, a lot of the same levels uh, that you do. I think overall, this is probably the as the series goes, and a series of great boss fights. Yep. Um, this probably has the best overall. Like you, like we talked about the fight with the end. Oh my uh, god! I le- le- legitimately spent three or four days fighting him. Like not oh, wow. full days, but yeah. like over. Like I played the shit out of this game. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah. Like just he was so hard. He was fucking <laughs> just trying to like it. Like it was so hard trying to find him because it was over different like. Section different, like this is a big area that you dude, you would not literally in. find him unless, like, you accidentally saw a gleam of his fucking bald head from out in the distance yeah. <laughs> or something like that. I did that once, I actually killed him from afar doing that shit, yeah. And just <laughs> like trying to awesome. find him, and if he saw you or you missed, and you had to go, it was a sniper fight, too. Yep, uh, and if you missed, and like you had to fucking find him all over again, yep. Uh, the, the fight with uh, the is it the hive with the, with the bee guy, yep, he was all awesome. the pain. The pain, yes. Uh, the sorrow was a weird fucking. Not even a boss. It fight. was all the enemies that you killed throughout the variation yeah. of the game coming through and trying to haunt you. Yep. Oh. That was really cool. Um, You're walking down well, a river and the sorrow's like out in the distance. And all these enemy NPC, all these enemy soldiers just trying to go at you and stuff and trying to do this shit. You know, it was weird. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the fight with the, with the Vulcan and actually, oh, yeah. you can you can actually kill Revolver Ocelot up there and it, like it. It goes uh, into a time it, paradox. Yeah, it go, you get um, it'll actually end the game because it breaks the time paradox. Yeah, uh, the, the last boss fight was beautiful with the music. Um, the whole the whole game was great, man. It, it was a different way too because it was still a stealth game first, but it was it was really kind of like um, it was open world really uh, that time anyways. Uh, just kind of just how big the environments you're in. Um, it just it was completely different. Well, the other ones were linear and you could still go back and stuff, but it was. Pretty much straightforward. And this one, kind of the same, but it's just I get much bigger environments. The whole like, now you gotta feed, you gotta feed them. Uh, you can get sick. Um, <laughs> you can use different camo and blend in better places. Cool. Um, actually, beat up the bosses just using the tranquilizer gun. Yep. Uh, one thing you can do. Uh, huh. A great game. Uh, and just being big boss and completely the whole the whole series up to that point. The first four games at that point were like 
the big boss was like the the, whole, the bad guy of the whole franchise. And then in this one, you're actually the good guy. Like big, you find out big boss is actually a good guy. He's oh, he's the he's the main protagonist really of the whole series. Uh-huh. Um, you can argue and just, it turned the whole story on its, on its head. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that is yeah, my cool. uh, uh, yeah my number fourteen uh, MGS three. Awesome. My number fourteen is Super Smash Brothers Melee. There you go. GameCube. Uh, this is my favorite Super Smash Brothers game that has come out in a lot of time frame <laughs> uh, for this list. Definitely top three in a lot of time frame. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. What was I going to say? Oh, dude. White Link. You got to play as White Link. <laughs> it's just... I was always a big dart with Young Link. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, just, there's so many cool little things in this game. It's like, you know, you got Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, stuff like that. This game is so much different. It, it's like, more simple at first. Like, it is more simple to actually play, but it's like, it's got so much crazy depth into it. Once you start messing around and realizing, you'll, you'll learn new things, like, all the time. Especially when you, like, you know, the first few months playing this game. Uh... A little, and like you'll get cocky with stuff too. At least I did. Like I always enjoyed like just whooping someone's ass and this usually me. acting like I'm jumping off uh, a cliff. Like well, what's he doing? He's gonna like kill himself. Then I do a little double jump and I fall again. Like I'm gonna die. Nope. I okay. shoot the hook shot at the wall and just hang there for a little while. Because if you hang too long, you'll fall. I'll <laughs> hang there right to the last second and come back up. <laughs> just to play with people's minds. Like. <laughs> It's like the first game where I was kind of evil, like <laughs> kind of disgusting. Like, uh, come on over and play this game, so I can kill you. Yeah, yeah. Let me yeah, invite I mean, you to my van. But let's play some Smash for this melee. It was, it's like a running joke that this game. Like, I literally one time. This is another angry thing that you probably saw of me, and it wasn't. I was so stupid when I look back. I punched my brother in the jaw. <laughs> I was kept up his ass. And he, like, he made fun of me. Like, it's so stupid now. I said, he made fun of me. I, just, I didn't say anything. I just pushed back the jaw. <laughs> and he was so shocked. He's like, just had his mouth open. He's, like, looking at me, like, <laughs> And, like, I don't know what came over me. I just, bam. <laughs> but, quick, uh, sorry, sorry, quick side story. I remember um, I got Super Smash Brothers way later than uh, you guys did. But uh, did you? You were helping me because, like, you helped me because you had to play the game for so many hours oh, to yeah. unlock all the characters. You guys yeah, helped me do that. Awesome thing. And uh, we spent like two hours playing the game, and we did like a, we did like a really long game, like one game. Maybe it was two. Maybe it was like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And we did like like a twenty stock fight oh, or something. Yeah. You, me, Alex, somebody else was there. It was four players. Oh yeah. Uh, Stocks way to go. You lost, and before the game could save, you turned the GameCube off because you're so pissed. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were playing Alex's dude. basement. We were using my memory. I remember we brought my memory card over and we were playing. That's, it. That's so mad. Oh my god. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think you, turned, you reset it. I'm this like, is the true colors. I'm like, what the going. fuck, man? Like. like <laughs> Don't worry about this bullshit. I'm like, it's not even your game. It's for me. It I did even not count. even know that's disgusting. Yeah, those are things I wish I I have tried to forget about, but now they're here. Unfortunately. Yeah. So that was a quick side story. Wow. Me. No, it's fine. <laughs> Douchebag alert. No. Uh, no. Super Smash Brothers Melee is uh, yes. <laughs> I love this game. Number fourteen. Very cool. It's where the douchiness came out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to uh, number 14, Gabe. 
Just one moment. God, I hate people walking up above me. Anyway, <laughs> number 14 game, Super Mario World. <laughs> the first game that I've legitimately beat when I was a kid, and it still remains one of my favorite Mario games to this day. I love going through it from time to time. Like, going through the different secrets, going through the different, like, uh, worlds and stuff like that, going to Star Road, unlocking the challenges and stuff, going through, the, like, like levels like Tubular or whatever the fuck they're called. Dude, oh, yeah. it was just one of those... It was just one of those games, man, where I played it on repeat on the Super Nintendo, because it was just a great Mario game, you know? But, uh, I know we've spent, we spoke a little bit about Super Mario World earlier with uh, Justin's comments of that, so, you know what? That's my number 14 game, Super Mario World. All right. Hells yeah. Very cool. Um, I've had a lot of the same games as you guys, and I feel comfortable saying this one's not in either one of you guys' lists. Uh, it is 2011's uh, Catherine. Uh, this uh-huh. actually is on the Game of the Generations as well. Um, so I'm not a big anime guy. I never have. I've watched a few, tried to get into them. Just can't do it. Um, but this... I don't know what it was about this game. I'm, I, I, So it's... I guess I explain it. It's fucking weird to explain. But basically this is this guy. Uh, he's in this really deep... Uh, like they've been this girl named Catherine with the C. Uh, they've been together for years and years. And he's just kind of like... He's, he loves her, but he doesn't, like... It's, like, a weird where he doesn't appreciate her kind of thing. They've just been together for so long. And then he meets, like, he goes to the bar every night with his friends. And and it's just kind of... He's just in this weird funk. And he just wakes up one night with this other girl named Catherine, but with a K. And it's just, like, but she's a gorgeous girl. And every night he has these dreams. And this is the, where the gameplay... It's, it's a lot of cutscenes and stuff. Like, other, there's, like, gameplay stuff with the bar. We're just talking to other people. And a lot of weird stuff's going on. Like, uh, these guys are, like, these guys keep dying. Uh, like, young guys are just dying in their sleep. Um, and every night, you have these, you go through a level, and it's just, like, you're climbing up this world, and it's a puzzle where, like, and, like, shit's falling down, you gotta move puzzles, and, like, the world behind you is, like, falling off. And there's different boss fights, and it's actually, every night is you, because basically every night for seven, I think seven or eight days, you have you you wake up next to this Catherine because the cake, mm-hmm. and like the story that in between is you trying to hide it from your girlfriend, hide it with your friends, and oh, like wow. all this weird shits happening throughout the game too, and like every level is actually you having sex with her, and it's just like there's weird things going on. There's like a, really? like there's a weird like a like a fetus one I think too, and you can actually hear moans in one. It's fucking it's a weird ass game. And at the end of every, when you get to the top of each, like you're climbing up this thing, you get to the top, you find this other, you find these sheep, and it's actually other guys at the bar you talk to. And it's them, and you're talking to them about like their life and shit. And it's just like it's just a whole like backstory. Like if you want to get deep into like their story of it, it's really is crazy. And it asks you all these like crazy questions when you go in like this confession box almost. And this guy asks you a question, and like you ask, like, I think he asks like three every night. It's just, it's a fucking crazy-ass game. I've never played another game like this Psychological horde. Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> psychological game. It's a fun game, and I love the story behind it. Sounds interesting. And, I, and it's all anime, and it's just, it's fucking, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> I love this game. I, it's, I've considered going on the PlayStation Now and renting it a few times. Um, a lot of symbolism. Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun game on its core, but it's... It's it's a very deep game at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just yeah, it's a fucking great game. And the more drunk you get, I think the harder it gets. Like, 
Like, you can actually drink as many drinks as you want. I think the more you drink, the harder, like, the levels get. Oh, no. Too, so the more drunk you are. Um, it's crazy. It, I, spoiler alert, at the end you find out she's a succubus. Uh, Catherine with a K is. Of course. Uh, that always happens. Yes. And what she was actually sucking the life force out of all these men. She was sleeping with, like, it was like, yeah. Basically, Literally. what it was is that Catherine with a K, it, was, it would be the embodiment of what you thought a perfect woman was. Sucking the life force. Basically. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. That's what she didn't... Yeah, so that's basically the whole story, and it was all about him, like, gaining more appreciation with for his girlfriend, and finding, like, re- like it almost kind of brought them together weird, closer. It's a weird fucking game, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I recommend this for everybody to play, but I, I if, just because based off the game itself, but it's, like, I would say, like, check it out on YouTube, I like, it's just, like, it's fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> and it's a totally different game from what I'm usually into, but uh, that's my number cool. uh, 13. Awesome. My number 13 is 007. Goldeneye. Okay. For the Nintendo 64. <laughs> uh, this game uh, is the first first-person shooter game that I really got deep into. I remember the, when it first came out, we rented it, and it was just we couldn't believe how it looked. We couldn't believe uh, just it was for for me at the time. It was a very mature game. Like the second level, you start off like in this doll. It's also kind of funny too. Like there's a guy peeing. <laughs> yep. Like you can, you can shoot him in the head. Like shoot off his hat. Yep. I think maybe you can do both, or you have to. I always thought maybe you could shoot him in the head though without shooting off his hat, but uh, I think you got to shoot the hat off then shoot him in the head. <laughs> but it's on the facility. That's the second level there. Or you can uh, shoot him in the ass with the same effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they always hold their crotch if you Ooh! shoot him. Pretty funny. <laughs> it was just this the, the like. It's definitely my favorite uh, 007 game. Like, that's no contest, I guess, for me, though. Um, it's, like, there's more to this game than just, like, everyone always talks about, like, I love the multiplayer. Like, that. that is kind of what drew groups of people to play it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, three to four people can play this game. And that was, like, t- to me, it was revolutionary. I never played a game like that. Um, it was very fun. You know. Outside of the main campaign, it was something you could do for hours and hours. And it was cool because everyone's, like, right there. At least, uh, that's how it was then, anyways. And, uh, like, there's actually, like, the, the music in this game is, like, it's, it's probably pulled straight out of that movie. But it's fantastic. And they use it very well with, like, the scenery. Like, my favorite level, and I can still hear it in my head, like, actually probably every level, but, like, the snow one in particular... You, you start off, and uh, you get, like, this big... It's, it looks like a super soaker. It's like a big, weird, round, like, elongated tank on the top. It's actually a sniper rifle. <laughs> Very strange. I'm thinking now it's actually a scope, but it doesn't look like one. And uh, that game, just, like, you feel so alone out there. It's it's kind of a cool way to experience, like, at least especially at the time, like, a, this must feels like, like live in Russia or, like, a Siberian tundra, you know? This... There's, like, little cabins with smoke coming out of there. There's, like, a few soldiers. There's big, huge, like, uh, towers, like, array towers, they call them. And uh, just, just, like, the the feeling I felt of, like, just wandering around there, it felt, like, real to me. Like, it's like, oh, man, this is nuts. And, like, if you fucked up, there's people coming after you. You don't shoot that guy in the head quietly because you get, like, a silencer and stuff in the game. It's just, like, awesome. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of cool... Every level has, like, missions, you know. I'm sure most people listening to play this game. But, uh, yeah, it's it's my number 
007 Goldeneye for the N64 is number 13. Alright, uh, very cool. Uh, Gable is number 13. Fallout 3. <laughs> for Fallout 3, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. I mean, I went, I bought the Game of the Year edition on the PS3. I mean, sure, there were some graphical hitches here and there. I mean, come on. Bethesda and the PS3 don't mix too well. It's like oil and water. But, it's like uh, uh, elephant and pig DNA. They just don't splice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for Fallout 3, man, I had a hell of a time going through and uh, not only playing through the missions and stuff like that, but discovering the little tidbits of Easter eggs that were hidden inside the world of like the wastelands and stuff. I mean, when you escape the freaking vault for the first time, you see this expansive post-apocalyptic world. Man, that was so incredible. Just going forth, you're going to Megaton, you're doing missions for Moira and stuff like that, and going to, uh, you're just going through buying these specific weapons and stuff. You could actually go forth and, like, uh, create your own, like, launch it, like, launcher or something like that, where you could just take items, like, cans of, like, teddy bears and all this other shit and just launch them at people and, like, <laughs> oh, man. And then face off against the Super Mutants, man. Those Super Mutants were hard as shit. Assholes. Man, but I can tell you, man, it's, I still have my guide for Fallout 3 to sit on my bookshelf right now, and it's got everything from all the freaking DLCs to, like, the main mission for Fallout 3, and, man, I had just, I just loved the whole, like, the whole, like, story, like, to and from, like, the beginning to end and stuff with uh, Fallout 3, then, like, going through the final portions, it's like, you have to sacrifice yourself in order to try to, uh, in order to, like, to save people from, like, uh, this whole, like, nuclear thing, I think, going up or something like that. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I remember, anyway. But, uh, yeah, I, I always love going through, like, with Fallout 3, going through the different custom, like, custom, like, uh, go through a lot of the different builds and stuff like that. I'd always go for, like, Operation Anchorage first and stuff, get the power armor first, and then use that for almost the duration of, uh, my playthrough, then go and just... You know, have the small arms and stuff like the laser stuff and all this and all that. But yeah, that's my number 13, Fallout 3. Alright, very cool, man. Uh, jumping on to my number 12. It is uh, 2007's uh, The Original Mass Effect. Mm. Um, so back in this time, actually, like 2007 for me, like I was working at a game store and I was constantly getting new games. I rarely finished video games. Like I didn't even beat Bioshock when I played it. Uh, at that time, like, I would, I was getting, like, a new game, like, almost every day when I leave work, I'd have another game, uh, and I'd be, I'd play them for a couple hours, put them down, and sell them, whatever, and I just never finished them, I, and I, I went back later on and beat a lot, beat these games, uh, but this is one of the few games, um, in that time frame that I finished, I, I remember going through, and just, I was enthralled by this whole, this whole galaxy they made, uh, not galaxy they made, but. Um, this environment, this universe that they built, um, with all these different alien creatures, and I talked about earlier with Rogue Galaxy, I love that environment with, the, with being in space, mm -hmm. and just like some of the real science that they actually went. And I remember what the Sci-Fi Channel did, like a, a Mass Effect, uh, like a thirty-minute documentary about it, and they talked about how so they used some of like the real. Uh, they try to follow real science, uh, the whole like they can't go faster than the speed of light, and they use how they use the mass relays in that game for things, uh, but. Probably, I mean, it's probably as far as a singular story goes in the Mass Effect trilogy, the best, the, probably the, easily the best boss, um, uh, like main villain of the even better, better than the Reapers or anything, was the uh, Saren, the the original boss from that. Um, 
in that game. I kind of he's like, I kind of wish they want to kill him. You want to kill him in the first one? Spoiler. Alert. Uh, he's kind of like Darth Maul of the of like the um, oh. the the prequels, right? Like he's a cool, he's a badass villain. I wish yeah. he was around more than he was. Yeah. Um, it, it made sense in the story that they were telling, but I wish he was around more. Uh, but like just all the, the the side stories, and that was like the first game I played where it was like, um, you like kind of like you pick the dialogue options and just kind of choose your own adventure kind of way, and like deciding who lives between Caden and Ashley. Oh, that was an easy um, one for me. Anyway, <laughs> fuck Caden. Yeah, that guy sucks. Uh, always Ashley away. Um, plus, you get to sleep with her, so that's nice. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a great game. I love like the RPG elements of it. Um, it, it was a good balance of, of a shooter game with RPG elements and using your powers and like it was always always cool getting like the I can't I think it's warp or something like that where you like take an enemy and you can, like throw him up in the air and he's just yep. kind of hovering in the air. You just pick them off. Uh, that game was that game's brilliant, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's still fucking good. I one of the few games in that time frame I actually I've went back. I think I beat that game three or four times. Wow. And I don't beat a lot of games multiple times, um, and especially uh, more than two times. Um, so yeah, uh, number twelve for me, uh, Mass Effect One. Number twelve for me is my favorite spinoff title in this particular universe. Is Luigi's Mansion? Oh, okay, oh, okay. Uh, possibly my one of my favorites for sure. Launch titles ever uh, for a system. Uh, well, the first moment I saw this game, I couldn't believe how graphically uh, beautiful it looked. The cutscene where like Luigi's opening the front door to the mansion, hello, is just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the shining hello. doorknob it looks Mario. so awesome. Uh, yeah. I played this game for the next few days after I uh, got it with the GameCube that Christmas. So awesome. And was just... God, this game is so awesome to me. Uh, of course, they made the sequel for the 3DS. Uh, I like this one so much better because it's... And not only is it the first one, but it's... Uh, the, the way that the ghosts are... There, there are, there are uh, ghosts in this, this game that are unique. Like, they have kind of a story behind them. A little bit, like not even they don't tell you, but you just you can tell by the way it shows you, you know what's like where, where these ghosts came from, and they're not like you know anything really deep. They're just kind of fun little creepy like things. Like this guy loved to hang out in the kitchen. He's like you know stereotypically gigantic, and like <laughs> he haunts the table full of food. Yeah, and like you got this little creepy baby thing. Yep, the bosses are really cool, like the big ghost bosses. Um, and there was none of that in the, the third one, or the 3DS one. Like, it had, it was really cool, but, uh, I guess when I talk about that game, talk about this one. Uh, <laughs> this, oh, there's actually some really cool stuff. It, like, the way you, there's like this room, I think, towards the end, that really kind of blew my mind when I opened it up and went in there. It's like, spoiler, it's like, I think you, you're walking out, like, on this path, and then you kind of go to the right. And then, like, you're in outer space. Like, inside this mansion, the whole universe exists. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. I think that's what it was like. And it's, it's cool because you're actually trying, in this game, sort of, uh, you're trying to, I think you, you get this, you get this mansion passed down to you. Like, someone passed away, and it's your mansion now. And, uh, you find out, though, like, as you're wandering around this haunted mansion, oh, the detail of, like, like, Luigi is just fantastic. He's shaking, and you see, like, his breath coming out, and 
you can see them in mirrors and stuff. Like, it looked really awesome, that stuff, too. Oh, and the, the mechanic. I think it's one of the best uses, uh, in my opinion, of the GameCube controller. Uh, it used every button very well, I thought. And it felt really good to use a vacuum. Like, suck it. Like, it's so cool when you can suck up pieces of carpet and uh, chandeliers. You can make them move around and uh, stu uh, money falls out of them. Oh, going back to what I was saying. I kind of <laughs> went off a little tangent there. You're trying to go after... You're trying to find uh, Mario. Mm -hmm. You're trying to save Mario in this game. So it's a really cool little spin on there. Um, yeah. In Luigi, you get to, it's like the first game where you really get to... I think it's the first game where Luigi's actually a character. He, you, he uh, ever since then, he's kind of had this character, like, he's kind of scared, he's kind of, you know, I don't know, unsure of things. And I, yeah. I think it's really cool. I love, I love Luigi. Yeah, before that, he was, always, he was just player two. Yeah, he was just player two. Yeah. Like, he pretty much was the same thing as Mario, just looked different. Other than that shitty math game they made. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luigi's Mansion, one of my favorite games. No, for sure. Very cool, man. Number 12. Uh, well, number 12 for Gables. Super Smash Brothers Melee. Wow. Oh, man. I had so much fun playing this when, it, when I first got my GameCube. My gosh, unlocking all the different trophies, like getting like uh, all the different characters oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And I did this mostly myself because I didn't have friends to play it with in high school because, well... Hell, it wasn't really the popular thing to do. But at the same time and stuff, I played so many hours of Super Smash Bros. Melee. I got like over 260-something trophies. I actually went forth and I rented the original Pikmin in order for me to get that Captain Olimar trophy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, uh, oh my gosh, there's just so many fun moments I had with Melee. I would go forth and I'd use characters like Captain Falcon, like Falco, Pikachu, Ness, and stuff like that. And I know with Falco, I played as Falco so much in Melee and stuff that a couple of years ago when I was doing my live stream and stuff for uh, Extra Life and I was streaming Super Smash Bros. Melee, I actually beat like uh, Giga Bowser, Mewtwo, and like uh, I beat Giga Bowser, Mewtwo, and Ganondorf in like under three minutes, I think it was. Nice. I think it was like two minutes and something when I think about it. 2.30 is what I believe I was at. Don't I did it though. super fucking fast, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I literally stood like about a half an hour, and so that's one of my greatest achievements inside that game, was like going through and beating those guys in that quick of a fashion and stuff like that with Falco, one of my most like, uh, one of my most favorite characters to use inside that game. But Cool, it's always interesting to see whose favorite uh, character well, that's the thing. He was he was so useful and stuff because he was more balanced than Fox, and also you know, he was a little bit more balanced because he wasn't as quick as Fox. But at the same time, he was much more hard hitting and stuff like that. So, for Super Smash Brothers Melee, I love the stages. I love the adventure, the story mode, and the classic mode. I went through all of them with every single character that I unlocked. But. Uh, Oh man, I got so addicted to it, and I could, I still can play this game like anytime today and stuff like that mm -hmm. from my original copy of my original GameCube and stuff, and I'd still have a hell of a fun time because <laughs> it's fun. It's so pure the gameplay. So that's my number twelve, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Oh uh, yeah, very cool. Um, so for me, my uh, number eleven is 1999's Pokemon Gold and Silver. Oh. Uh, I forgot to mention this uh, for like the Pokemon games because we know some uh, that some of us are going to have those on our list. 
We're just going to go the whole generation. It's just one game, so Pokemon Gold and Silver. Um, and then also, I think, Platinum. Um, so for me, I I was so big into the Pokemon games back then. I put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into these. Um, I love the whole new generation. And one of the coolest things to me, uh, probably ever in like my gaming career, I guess, um, is after you beat the first eight gyms and you think you beat the game, and then you find out the whole the original eight gyms and the Elite Four, and you fight Red at the end. Yep. Is like that. Like holy shit! How do you fit all of this into one game? And then Water had a lot to do with water. that. Yeah, yep. it was totally Water. Happen. Thank you for that. Uh, but that was fucking holy shit! I'm like the only thing that sucked about it was they kept them like uh, the, the when you went back and fought the other the other eight gym leaders. Was that they kept up the same level they were at in the first game? Oh, really? So they were like super easy, but it was so cool, like catching all the old Pokemon. And then at the end, you fight Red, essentially the character you were in the original Pokemon games. Um, at the end, that was fucking awesome. Uh, cool. I don't really know much more I'd say about Pokemon games, but it, <laughs> it's it's fucking cool. I, I fucking love that game. Um, yeah, that's my uh, number eleven. Awesome. My number eleven is Super Mario Galaxy Two for the Wii. Oh, wow. Ooh. Um, just, just, uh, it, it's, a, oh man, I'm trying to think of a way to explain <laughs> this game, because I don't have a lot of sequels on yeah. my list here. Um, it just, it expanded from the first one, like, insanely, like, it just went all out, like, it has, uh, more levels, more things to collect, um. That's yeah. J- just in that aspect, it's a really, really great sequel. But what really is so uh, special to me about Super Mario Galaxy games is uh th- the music, uh, the idea of being able to walk around. This is something I never saw in a game. I haven't really seen it done since in anywhere near as good as a way. I can't think good of a way, anyways. Like, each little thing that you're on, usually, like, you walk around pretty much flat areas in games. This thing, you can walk around a whole little planet. Some are huge, some are tiny, and they each have their own gravity. And, like, the first time I remember, like, I'm on, like, a little round uh, planetoid, I'm going to call it. I did, like, a long jump. Just to see, like, just to fuck around with the physics. I, I was impressed with just that aspect. Like... It, you'll literally, like, orbit around for a moment. Because that's what it would be like, actually, in real life. But, uh, in, in the way, like, uh, I, I couldn't believe when I played this game, it was a Wii game, first of all. This game looks, still looks stunning, I think. It's not even HD. No, it, it looked incredible. Like, uh, the water, uh, everything. I, I think it was the first Mario game. Well, the, I think the original Galaxy was the first one to have this, but it, it had a, a live, like, orchestrated. Uh, composition to it, like the music in it. It used to be all like done, I think, on like keyboards and stuff like that. But this is the first time they actually had a huge orchestra make the music, and it and you fucking felt it. There's points in this game where, the, like, with what you're doing and uh, the music, how it builds up with you, and there's, there's just moments where the music is like, damn, that's fucking sick. Like it feels so good to be Mario right mm-hmm. now. Every little fucking thing. There's so much stuff in this game. 
Like the power ups are insane. I think there's one we can drill through like anything almost. Like might be certain things like you can drill all the way through like a little planetoid and pop out the other side. And in the bosses, they're simple but very fun and awesome. And just uh, yeah, this I would love to get like a crazy remastered version of this game. I love the first one, but uh, definitely my. F- one of my favorite 3D Mario games for sure. All right, number uh, eleven. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're <fine>. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool, man. Uh, moving on to number eleven for Gables. Super Metroid. <laughs> Super Metroid, man. It's one of those. Well, you know what? Super Metroid is a game that I absolutely love because of the whole exploration aspect of it. You go through with the planet Zebus. You go through, you go with your weapons and stuff and explore little crevices of the planet to try to figure out where the hell all the space pirates are coming from and stuff. You're trying to search for that Metroid that got stolen from that space station that you conveniently, like, left there and not even, like, disappear for, like, a couple minutes before a distress signal hits. But, uh... (laughs) I absolutely love... I love the weapons. I love the boss fights. I love the whole... The whole like survival horror type of feel that you have from this game, because in an essence, it really reminds me of the like sort of like the movie Aliens and stuff in a way. Which hey, the game is largely inspired by that series. The whole series of Metroid is kind of inspired by, you know, the movie Aliens. Definitely. But uh, for Super Metroid and stuff, the moment. I can remember a couple moments which really stick out to me very clear. The first time that you face off against that uh, boss, Dragon. Dragon is like a boss where it's like, you go to the center of the stage, and all of a sudden, something just swoops out from the top left corner and tries to attack you, and the boss music just starts flaring. You're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then you have to try to, like, beat it and stuff like that, and all the, all the little babies or something like that try to mourn or something like that, try to gather, try to take their mother away because of all that other shit, but it's just all that that tense moments and stuff when you're facing off against the Dragon, against Ridley, against Kraid, and Kraid is, like, almost the size of a fucking skyscraper, and you have to try to beat him down to the ground, then going across and beating Mother Brain, and then all of a sudden realizing there's two forms of fucking Mother Brain, you have to... Now, not only try to beat her, but all oh, the freaking the baby Metroid that sacrifices itself so you can have like unlimited oh, yeah. like godlike abilities in order to destroy Mother Brain once and for all. It's just all these epic moments inside this game, along with the survival horror type tenseness that you get throughout this like throughout this journey from beginning to end, and it's just one of the most memorable games I've ever played through on the Super Nintendo. And that's the thing. I didn't play it through when, like, it came on the Wii or the Wii U. I played it before those games were re-released digitally. And back ten years ago, actually, in 2006, right after I graduated high school, I found a copy for, like, 20 bucks used. I bought it, I played through it, and oh my god, I still remember from this. I still remember it from this day. So that's my number 11, Super Metroid. Alright, uh, very cool. Very awesome game. Yeah. Um, I think real quick before we wrap up the show, we want to go ahead and do our honorable mentions. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, I'll start off. For me, I really made a top forty list. Um, so I'm, I'll go ahead and just I'll put them in order from which I have them. Okay. Number forty for me. Um, Shoot Rage Two. 
I I remember one day I stayed sick from school, and I played I beat this game eleven times in one sitting. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, um, I, I I really liked that game. Uh, number thirty nine, Bully, uh, my favorite Rockstar game, the only Rockstar game I've ever actually beaten. Uh, just a fun game. It's just fun and goofy. Just going around the small the small area was a very small map for its even for its time very small. Just going around like throwing stink bombs at people and <laughs> fucking. Yeah, it was just a dumb, like, giving people uh, nuggies and uh, wedgies and shit. It's a great game. A fun game. I would love it if they actually made a, sec- a sequel to that more than uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 or Red Dead Redemption. Number 38, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, actually. Um, a lot of this has to do with just, it's the one that I could pretty much play that game every night with people and for all night, every night, if I wanted to. For a long time there, I had a lot of fun with that game. Uh, one of the few shooter games where I like I actually knew the maps and could tell you like we're going here and I knew exactly where that area was, uh, and I think it's definitely and it's not just because playing with friends I think it's, it is and I think a lot of people feel the same way to play the best Call of Duty. Um, number thirty seven Crash Bandicoot Warped. Uh, the only real Crash Bandicoot I played in that time I played the ones for three sixty didn't really care for those, uh, but just the music for this game. Which, just, which one's Warped? Warp is the third one. It's yeah, it's the third one. Okay. I like the first couple. I don't know if I played Warp. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. Uh, just, but like, some of the levels, like, when you're like riding the, the, the tiger and shit, that, that stuff's just awesome. Oh, that's um, Warp? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think in the other ones, like, you, like you're like you facing, like you're running towards the camera, and I think in this one, you're actually, it's behind you. Okay. Uh, it's very different from the rest, uh, but it's a great game. Uh, number 36, Mario Party 4. Um... I fucking love this game. I remember just... I remember getting this game when I first got my GameCube. I remember Justin, uh, your brother, and I playing the whole 60-turn oh, one yeah. and doing all that shit. That game was fucking... You're ready for more. Yeah, that game was intense. Probably the, uh, they haven't made a good Mario Party since, in, in my opinion. Uh, number 35. Uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, Tony Hawk's Underground. Uh, I really liked it. I liked... Um, I like it when these kind of games, they put a story mode into it and it's actually good and well-made. As you can tell by my list, um, but yeah, I fucking love this game. I love the whole story. You had your, your douchebag best friend take you do this awesome trick, and he takes, takes credit for it, and he becomes super famous. And at the end, you record yourself doing like the craziest trick ever, and had like this. You had to collect like forty-two items in one combo. It was fucking crazy hard, but it was it was, it was awesome. Uh, Thirty-four uh, Gears of War three. Um, I liked the first two Gears of War. I love Gears of War three. Um, just a, it finally it, to me like I thought they were like the first two were good game good games but like the third one's like everything just came together perfectly for mm-hmm. that game I fucking love that goddamn game um, thirty three uh, this is I believe the Game Boy Color game Pokemon trading card game uh, I actually played this play this every so often <laughs> on my three DS I bought huh. it again uh, I fucking I, I always loved playing the the Pokemon game uh, trading card game. I just never really had anybody to play it with. I remember Justin and I would play it, but we never really actually really followed the rules. No. But I love the whole like the whole deep deepness of the rules, and this is the closest I really got to playing it a lot um, and just building your deck and getting better with it. Uh, Thirty-two uh, Dragon Age Origins, um, fucking brilliant game. I, I'm I'm not big into this that whole fantasy thing. Like there's a few caveats like Dragon Age, Lord of the Rings, things like that. But this game sucked me. And I remember buying I bought all the DLC for this. Uh, and played the shit out of that. Um, too bad, unfortunately, the series has never been it started off there and it has not been that good since. Uh, 31, uh, I already had, I had the first one on my list, Bioshock Infinite. Uh, brilliant game. Love the fucking end, the twist at the end. Uh, love this whole game. 
art style and everything. Beautiful game. Awesome. Justin? Mine are like not as well ordered probably as yours. Okay. Mine are a little scattered here. Uh, number 40 is Mario Party 4 <laughs> as well. Uh, number th- It's just an awesome party game like Tyler already mentioned. Love that game. Favorite Mario Party for sure. Uh, number 9 is Wii Sports. I just uh, think I love this game so much because I literally played this game with everybody that was around, especially when it first came out. Like, even my mom was up playing this game. And, like, my aunt, and, like, I actually got it for Christmas in Kansas is when I got the Wii. I went over there for this really cool hang out. All my cousins uh, we were sneaking and drinking beer and, like, playing. <laughs> it is just awesome. Huh. Uh, number eight is D, the PlayStation. Hmm. Uh, just that game always. I, I wish a game would do something like that, go back to it, or like a reimagining of that game, or like re release it somehow. Uh, never really got to beat it or anything, but it, just, it left an impression on me for sure. Creepy. Number uh, 37 Aladdin <laughs> for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> uh, just love this game. Uh, used to play it all the time, uh, collecting rubies, jumping, swinging around on little poles on the side of little adobe houses and stuff. Getting chased by the guys in the, you know, you stole someone's bread and they're chasing after you. It's awesome. Oh, Magic Carpet Red. Number, uh, number 36 here, Call of Duty Black Ops. Oh, huh, nice. Uh, kind of the same reasons uh, Tyler's talking about. This, this is the only Call of Duty I really played online for a long time with friends. It was, it was more fun to, yeah, like, like Tyler said, I actually know these levels. My favorite level is the Summit. Yes. Uh, which is just fucking awesome, that level. Yes. A snow level? Uh, I love snow levels. Uh, number 35, Lion King <laughs> for the Super Nintendo. I like this more than Aladdin. It is also a Disney game, of course. Uh, this game is fucking fantastic. You laugh. This game is awesome. I have played I, this game? I played the shit about the Game Boy version, which is different. But yeah. yeah, I have that one too. Definitely not as good, in my opinion. No. I love Lion King. Like the sound effects. Oh man, it's so cool. It gets pretty hard at some points. And yeah, yeah, like in the like in the movie, you grow up and like you get big and stuff. It's fucking cool. Uh, number four, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening DX. Uh, mm. I think I first beat this game five or six years ago, maybe before then. Uh, it's, it's I love this game. It's really cool. The ending, the twist is cool at the end. Got a nice twist. Uh, number thirty-three, The Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. I wasn't sure if I was going to have this on here, but I decided to throw it in there because I recently played through it again on the Wii U. And I'm talking about the one on the GameCube, though, because I beat it on there. But uh, it kind of made me remember, like, this game is actually... It's, it's, it's crazy. It's better than I thought it was from memory. Like, I actually really like this game, but it's there's something about it, like, that it almost doesn't stand out as much as... Uh, because it, 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 it follows the pacing of uh, other Zelda games before it, so like, it's kind of hard for it to stick out. I didn't have enough time with this one, but it's, I think it's a fantastic game still. Number 32 is Pikmin. Uh, never really played a game like this. Still haven't really played a game like this besides Pikmin games. Um, really interesting uh, game. Never, like It's timed, and you know, all the crazy Pikmin characters do different things, and you mm. can control them all. They're kind of like little ant slaves, but they're, they like you. <laughs> you pull them out of the ground. Uh, number 31. This one I had so much trouble with keeping off of my top 10 is uh, Earthbound. Oh, because okay. it was kind of... I just recently beat it, and I I did not play the originally. I played on the Wii U when it came out, Virtual Console. But this game is that good to me that 
it's it, it could be way up on my top ten. Like I love this game. It's oh, crazy. I real quick. That's the, the journey. I wanted to put that in my list. Uh-huh. I, I took it out, and I'm not judging you for doing for having Earthbound, but I took it out because I only played the PS4 version. I didn't mm-hmm. play the PS3, and I just I don't know. I just didn't want to put. The, I wanted to play. You know, I yeah. don't know. But I agree. Like it was kind of difficult because I just I played it last year. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, very cool. Um. Gables, honorable mentions. Well, let's see. I didn't number these, so I'm going to go ahead and just name off the games that I got here. So, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which, hell, that's a fun-ass game. I love the levels, love the whole, this feel of it. I love Chemical Plaid Zone, like the Casino Zone, like all these, like, random stuff. The final boss battle, that's really great. Let's see. Super Mario 64, obviously, because Super Mario 64 was one of the best games that launched on the N64, which, obviously... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah great game i play that i've once played through that game like a marathon session and almost took about five hours in order to beat it <laughs> let's see metal gear solid 4 guns of the patriots my god everything wrapped up in that entirety of that series in one game that's just fucking nuts that's all i have to say about that one <laughs> tony hawk's pro skater 2 I mean, I love Tony Oscar Skater 3 and 4, but in my opinion, the second one was the one I had the most fun with because I loved playing Spider-Man and Officer Dick and, like, all the other people oh, yeah, that I got to play Dick. as. But uh, I loved creating my own stages and doing this and that. The next game here, Burnout Paradise. It's one of those racing games where I fucking just love to go for it, like, in an arcade racing fashion explore the whole open, like, road and stuff, and then just that crash random vehicles and stuff when I'm doing the burnout shit. It's just oddly satisfying for the game. Next game that I got here, Persona 4 Arena. Now, this game is a little bit interesting. It's because it takes characters from Persona 3 and Persona 4, those uh, RPG games, and they put, like, an elaborate, like, story, like, uh, inside this fighting game, which is really engaging, and I thought was very well done in terms of, like, say, an anime fighter sort of style. In essence, it kind of feels better than, say, the story in most fighting games at that time, and even still now. Like, say, Street Fighter 4 and 5, yeah, the story is better than Street Fighter 4 and 5, easily, in my opinion. Let's see. This one's going to be a bit of a surprise for you guys. Pokemon Diamond... Pearl and Platinum. Wow. Now that's the thing. Pokemon Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, when I played those games, god damn. I mean, that's just, this is when I started getting into like competitive stuff with Pokemon games. And oh shit, man. I spent so much time watching YouTube videos, getting the most out of like uh, training my creatures and stuff. And then uh, I just got really hardcore back into Pokemon, which I didn't think I was going to after going through the third generation of. Uh, the Pokemon games and stuff, then beating Emerald all the way back then. But they were still fun and enjoyable, and they're still surprisingly good to this day. The next game on my list is Elite Beat, <laughs> Elite Beat Agents. Hmm. This is an old DS game, which is a rhythm-based type of game, but it has all these pop culture songs. I say, like, from the village people, like YMCA, and then, like, uh, like Destiny Child's I'm a Survivor, and all this other, like, random stuff. <laughs> And you're supposed to save people, right, by uh, going through and, like, uh, you know, being these secret agents and stuff that make people go through and, like, move to rhythm and stuff like that. This game series is a huge following in Japan, but it didn't quite take off here in the U.S. But the game is really fucking good. I mean, it's a really good rhythm game. Really good, like, crazy-ass scenarios and stuff. I've seriously considered about putting it inside my top 30, but 
I've played so many games that it would have been lost in the shuffle. <laughs> My next one here is WarioWare Inc. Mega Micro Games. It's the Game Boy Advance equivalent to what you guys played on the DS. So, nice. many, many, many times I've played this game on road trips and stuff like that, and school trips. I had my Game Boy Advance SP with me on a bus ride. Yeah, oh man, just playing little random bits of like WarioWare. Oh man, it was just so fucking addictive. I spent months at a time playing this game off and on, and when I re replayed it again, like on the 3DS, I still got hooked. It's still good, you know, all the little mini micro game stuff. And my last one from my honorable mentions is a game I've been playing off and on and still trying to finish to this day, Earthbound. Oh, wow. I love Earthbound. I love playing it. I've never beaten it, but it's still one of those games that despite me never having beaten it officially, it's still hooking me in. I'm still looking, like, I'm still wanting to go forth and still play it, even after so long, you know. So that does it for my honorable mentions. Wow. Well, nice. Very very cool. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. This is the end of part two. We'll be back uh, next week with part uh, three. That'll be our top ten list. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, we're on Facebook. We have a big page and group. Check us on there at Jing Gaming uh, Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Jing Gaming Pod. On YouTube, it is Generation Gaming. And on uh, Twitch, it is Jing uh, Gaming Podcast. So... Like, subscribe, join us on there, rate us on iTunes, greatly appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you guys uh, next week. I was Tyler. I was Justin. And I've been the Jack of Hearts. GG, everyone. Alan. Boys. We got a brand new collaboration here. <laughs>